Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Tonight, I want to go back to Matthew chapter 8. Let me try that again. Matthew chapter 8. We were there last Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to bring it to a close tonight about talking about the believer's authority. Not that we couldn't preach on it a lot longer, but I just um, think that, you know, it's time to move on right now uh, into something else. But, you know, um, we've talked about how, you know, we have authority, which will be a revelation for some people. Uh, But, you know, um, then we talked about how to exercise it, you know, because you need to know that. Not enough just to have it. I mean, you've got to know what to do with it, right? right. It's not just enough to have something. You've got to know how to use it, you know. I remember the first computer I got, I thought I was going to lose those icons off the screen or something. You know, I, I never had one before. You know, we're talking about 19, you know, whatever it was, early 90s, I guess, maybe. You know, we had a PS1. I mean, it's the one that came over on the Mayflower. And um, it, it was actually really IBM's first personal computer, the PS1, and had it. And, you know, I'm like, man, what if I lose these little icons? And somebody's like, you'll find them. It's all right. You know, somebody a little bit more experienced. But, you know, you got to learn how to use it. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, the same thing with authority. you got to learn that your words, you, you know, exercise authority by your words and by your faith. Amen. And so tonight, I, what I want to talk about tonight, and this is like believer's authority. I don't know where this is like number four or five, something like that, maybe five. I have no idea. But anyway, I want to talk about uh, you know, what, what sometimes keeps our authority from working for us? You know what I'm saying? I want to know. How about you? And um, so we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about that tonight. Let, let's go back here to Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Uh, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, that's a Roman soldier, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. So he's in bad shape. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. In other words, he, you know, this guy, he understands, you know, that as a centurion, you know, let's just say, let's use terms that you would understand maybe more and I would understand more. Like as a sergeant, he may have a need and request something from the general, but the general's not going to come and do it. He's just going to give his word that it be done. And that's the way he's seeing Jesus here. He's seeing him through military eyes like, you know, you don't even bother to come to my house. You don't even need to do that. Just speak the word and it'll be done because you've got authority that's going to carry out. Your words are going to be carried out if you say that. Amen. And so... Uh, he said, but speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And then he explains why he said this. He said, for I'm a man under authority. I'm under authority. In other words, I got an understanding of authority. I have soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes to my servant, do this, and he doesn't. In other words, he said, I got authority because I'm under authority. And I can say something, and these soldiers obey me because I'm under authority of somebody else. There's a higher authority, Right. Amen. And so he, he went on to say, verse 10, When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said unto them that followed, Verily, I say unto you, have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. 
<clears throat> and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, he's just simply saying, look, this centurion, he came and I mean, he had more faith than anybody I've ever seen. And he's saying there's many that are going to come from outside of Israel and they're going to come and sit down in the kingdom of God. But the children of the kingdom, the, the Israelites at this time, he said many of them, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth they're, because they're not going to submit to God's authority. Yeah. Amen. I said, amen. amen. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed. Well, I, I wanted to read that scripture again because I want to talk about the fact about the, him saying, I'm a man under authority. I'm under authority. In other words, authority works for me. These soldiers obey me because I'm under authority. I have authority. Authority's delegated. How many know that? Authority's delegated. So if, if, you, don't, if you don't get this... <clears throat> This can really mess up your authority from working. You have to understand. You know, you meet people that, you know, I, I mean, you know, you, it really kind of used to be kind of a popular thing with people, and they were just so, so they were just wrong. They'd say, you know, I, I uh, wh wh where do you go to church? Well, I don't go anywhere. You know, I, I just obey God. I just, you know, I just, I just answer to God, you know. Well, you're, you're out of authority because the Scripture says, obey those that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves, for they're going to have to give an account, and don't cause them to do it with grief. That'd be unprofitable for you. Well, you know, I have people say, well, I don't go to church anywhere, but I'm just as good a Christian as anybody. Well, I didn't say you wouldn't say, but you're definitely not under the authority of God. Because how could you have those that rule over you if you don't have a pastor? It's just goofiness. It, it doesn't fly in the light of the Bible. So anyway... Uh, you, you know, th this man, he had this revelation of authority. I, I, I'm submitted to authority. Amen. Uh, and, and, you know, people, I just obey God. I don't, I don't obey man. Well, then you're not under, you, you know, listen, you're not under God. You, you're supposed to obey the church authority, the civil authority. God is an authority God. Now, of course, anytime any authority crosses the word, that's different. You know, the apostles said we ought to obey God rather than men. But as long as you're not, just as long as your, your rules aren't contrary to God's, then, you know, I'm going to obey him. Right? Yeah. 70 miles an hour is not a law that's contrary to God's law. <laughs> Why is it so quiet in this Holy Ghost church? Right? right. There isn't anything in the Bible where God says, no, I want you to drive your chariot 90. No? Amen. So anyway, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm just kind of having fun with you nitpicking because pastor drives over 70 sometimes. <laughs> Often, but you know. <laughs> Here's the point, man. The point is, I can't ask for God to give me any mercy from any policeman when I know I'm breaking the law. It's like God say, well, you, you know, you don't want chose to get in a rebellion. So anyway, praise the Lord. We're moving right along. Hallelujah. But have me understand that you have to be submitted to authority, see. You know, <clears throat> never, teach your, never teach your children to rebel against authority. Don't talk disparaging about teachers in front of your children. You're teaching them to rebel against authority. Now, the teacher may be wrong, and you may need to set some things right, but don't, don't do that. Right? Amen. 
or, or, you know, against the police or anybody that has authority. In the, in the house of God, the pastor would have authority, Sue. And so people don't understand that, you know. And, and they, you know, the Bible says obey them. What does it mean, obey them? Does it mean I'm going to come around and tell you what colored car to buy and all that? That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about we watch out for your souls. And one day on the day of judgment, you know, everybody comes to this church on the day of judgment. I'm going to have to be there with you. According to that scripture, I'll have to give an account. God will ask me, were they a good sheep? Were they faithful? Did, did they, you know, and he'll go down the line. I can't lie. And he says, don't make me do it with grief. Praise God. Thank, thank God. Most people in this church, I'm going to be able to do it with a lot of joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Don't, don't have unbelief up that statement. Praise God. It's a, it's a truth. Amen. Amen. But, you know, you do have people. That, you know, you tell them things and to try to help them and say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, you're not the pastor. Right? I mean, come on. Uh, you know, you, you got to learn to, to be submissive to authority or your authority is never going to work for you. You can rebuke the devil all you want to. The Bible says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. I mean, what does that say? You be submitted to God. You, you, be, you be under God's authority and the devil will be under your authority. Amen. Amen. And, you know, there's a lot of rebellious people in church that don't like to hear this message. And, of course, they'll shut it off or, you know, put a frowny face or something on. But whatever, you know, whatever. You, you know, you, you, just, you just need to understand authority. You have to be submitted to authority. Amen. I have a pastor. His name's Dr. Mark T. Barclay. If he says straighten up, I straighten up. I get my thumb out of my mouth and act like a big boy, put on my big boy pants, and okay. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I know that when God corrects us, He does it for our good. Right? And the Bible says a fool refuses correction, but a wise man loves it. Amen. So you have to ask yourself, how wise am I? Amen. Amen. Have you ever had correction before? It, you know, at first, it's, you know, the Bible is like, first you don't like it, but, but it yields the fruit, peaceable fruits of righteousness. Aren't you glad your parents corrected you? You weren't at the time. But as you get older, you see that was necessary, you know. Amen. And uh, so, hallelujah, just like my dad corrected my citizenship, great, amen. That was necessary, so I'd be a good citizen of the United States of America, amen. And he corrected it, amen. So we have to understand, if we're going to have authority, we have to be under authority. Is that right? You know, I mean, if, 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 we, don't, if we don't submit to God's authority, now his authority, of course, would be his word, right? I mean... <clears throat> Everything comes back to the Word, of being obedient to the Word. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm not saying you're going to shout tonight, but at least breathe. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1. But, you know, I, really, I don't know about you, but I want to know these things. I really do. I want to know. I want the meat and potatoes, you know. I want, I want, it. I want something that's going to grow me up, <clears throat> and I can, you know, I can look at that and say, you know, hey, maybe I need to change. Amen. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 13, 
the Bible says, talking about what God's done for us, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Aren't you glad he did that? He hath translated us into the kingdom of his, the King James says, dear son, or the son of his love. So you and I, when we got born again, we got put in a kingdom. A kingdom. Everybody say a kingdom. Now, what is the thing about a kingdom? A kingdom has a king. That means there's laws in every kingdom. You know, if you go to another country, the laws are different. You know, like when I was over in Uganda, they, you know, their laws are different. If I move there, if I would ever move there, I would have to change my thinking about laws. First of all, I have to start driving on the opposite, the other side of the road. They drive on the left side of the road, like the British do. So, you know, and their, you know, their, uh, their uh, measuring system is, uh, you know, metric instead of imperial, which I, I've never figured that out. I, you can tell me something's 20 millimeters. I still don't know how tall it is. You got to tell me in inches. My brain's not wired. It, it'd have to be renewed to that kind of thinking. If I moved over, I'd have to change my thinking. You know, every time I see, you know, it's like uh, so many kilometers away, I still have to stop and think about it. How far is that? I have to convert it. You know, some say it's, a, it's 10 kilometers. Well, I have to do a conversion in my brain. I don't just automatically think 6.2 miles or something like that. Because it's not wired that way. But that, their laws are different. Their money's different. You know, I mean, um, we would go out when we had, when we had the opportunity. We, we'd look, we wanted to take the, the missionaries out and feed them really good, you know, and take them to a nice restaurant and, um, you know, just bless them, you know, while we're there, you know, some, you know some, us rich folks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Some people's got some money. Well, you're quiet about that, but that's my confession. I don't know. You, you can stay poor if you want to. You'll... But my confession is I'm rich. You know what it says? Let those, you know, when Timothy said, let those that are rich in this world, I think, oh, he's talking about me. That's me. Hallelujah. So anyway, every time I'm on the mission field, I want to take the missionaries to, don't let, look. We'll go where you want to go, but let, don't, price isn't the object. We'll take care of it. So, Pastor Chuck and I, we would take turns doing it. You know, he'd buy one time and I'd buy one time. I mean, we'd pay for everybody's meal. You know, it was there, the mission, missionary and all, uh, and, and all that was there. And he'd do it one time, I'd do it one time. Man, we got to tease him one another because, you know, like, look at this, man. I spent $347,000 on a meal, man. I'm big time now. <laughs> of course, it's not dollars, it's shillings, you know. And so, you know, like, you know, it's nothing to spend, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars shillings on a meal, you know. And so, but we were like converting to dollars and acting like we were big stuff now. We were rich preachers, you know. Amen. <laughs> Leave us alone. We're having fun. But anyway, you know, so when if you go, if you go to another kingdom, how you know you gotta learn the laws. You gotta learn the laws. Laws are different over there. There's certain things that you get away with here in the United States. You're not going to get away with in another country. But us Americans want to act like they should treat us like, you know, let us go. But if we break laws in other countries, it's our own dumb fault for not knowing the laws. Amen. And so in God's kingdom, there's laws. There's the laws of the kingdom. Amen. There's rules in this kingdom. We have to learn them because if we don't, we're out, of, we're out from underneath the authority of the king. And when you're like that, you don't have any authority. If, if the king 
you know, if the king gives you authority, how I many you got to stay under his dominion? Right. Amen. Yeah. Right? Right, right? I mean, what if I gave you great authority in this church? I gave you a position. I'm, I'm, I won't name them, but I just gave you a great position, you know. And, uh, you know, you, you, you went out like the next night and you, you shoplifted. How, how many think you'd keep your authority? Some of you aren't convinced. I'll, I'll help you. No. <laughs> now, here's why. Because in Oasis Church, we expect you to live your life with excellence the best you can. Amen. Amen. And if you're going to represent the church, then you're going to live by the laws of the kingdom of the church. Mm-hmm. And shoplifting is, is one of our no-nos. Isn't this deep? I understand you lose your authority because you got out from underneath authority. Right? Right? You know, I've had that to happen over the years where somebody was in a place of authority and now find out they're out doing stuff that's breaking the word, you know, and everybody can make a mistake. Don't misunderstand. We don't just jump on you because you made one mistake. Everybody does that. You know, well, not everybody, but some people do. But you, but you just seem to have a, you know, it just seems to be in your DNA. Then we have a problem, Right? Right? You know, I mean, anybody can have an issue a time or something, you know, like that and repent. And come, come on, don't look at me like that, like you've never had one. You never lost your temper. You never said something you shouldn't have said. But we're talking about you just go out and you break the rules of the kingdom. Um, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Your authority's not going to work for you. You only have authority when you're under authority. Can you say Amen. I know this isn't shouting, jumping, running kind of stuff, but I'm telling you, this is meat and potatoes where people are not getting it. See, if your authority isn't working for you, there's got to be a reason why. Because it works. And most time it's because we're not under the authority of the king, of the kingdom. Some way or another, we've bucked his authority. Amen. And, uh, well... Romans 14, 9, listen to this. You don't, you don't need to turn there, but Romans 14, 9 says this. For to this end Christ both died, He rose, He revived, that He might be Lord both of the dead and the living. So Christ, He came, He died, He was resurrected for the purpose of being Lord. Amen. He's regained Lordship. Praise God that Adam forfeited it. He's regained it over creation. And so, listen... <clears throat> You and I can't expect to live a victorious Christian life if we're not under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I see all these Christians today. It's, it's almost blasphemous in my book, running around living ungodly lives and saying, I'm living by grace. Grace has got me covered. And see, the thing of it is, the thing about sin, it's not that God doesn't love you. He still loves you. But you give the devil inroad into your life. Amen. He steps in. So, you know, this thing about grace, people talk about grace. You know, when I know we talk about this a lot, but it's a major issue going on right now where churches are living unholy. They're not living right. They're, I mean, you got people sleeping around. You got people committing adultery, you know, and, and you know, people that, that are getting drunk. Amen. What do you think about alcohol? I'd leave it alone if I was you because drunk starts with drink. 
And nothing good ever comes out of that. But anyway, that's another story. I, did, I got delivered from it. I'm not going back to it. I don't care what preachers say, it's okay, you help yourself. But most of those that I've seen that said, oh, you can drink a little bit, they end up getting in trouble. They end up getting immoral problems and everything else. Because that's just a door to the devil. Yep. Amen. Right. You know, like, well, a little marijuana won't hurt you, Pastor. I mean, come on, God made every the hemp of the field and He said it's good. <laughs> he didn't say smoke it. You can go out and smoke dandelions if you want to, it'll probably kill you. God didn't make it for that purpose. So the point is, is, is there's things like that. They, they open doors, and you've you got to just be smarter than the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, watching certain things on TV, it opens doors, guys. You've got to be smarter than the devil and just say, oh, you know, I'm going to, like David said, I'm not going to set a wicked thing before my eyes. Right. Right. Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, there are only two or three naked people in the movie. <laughs> well, what did... <laughs> What did God say about that? He said, he said, don't, he said don't uncover someone's nakedness, unless it's your wife or your husband. That's it. Well, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. This is good whether you like it or not. You know, we have to just understand things like that cost us our, that's how the devil gets an advantage over us, see. And I'll show you some of these things in just a minute. But I think we need to know we're in a kingdom now. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, Go to 1 Peter, go there, chapter 1. No, excuse me, chapter 5. Let's go to chapter 5. 1 Peter, chapter 5. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 1 Peter, chapter 5. Look at this. <clears throat> Verse number 8 in 1 Peter 5. Peter said, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion... He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So, you know, he's out looking for somebody to devour. He's just looking. Now, I have in my Bible, I've got what the word may, I got, it, I got it circled, you know. And I have this by it may equals permission requested. In other words, the devil's seeking permission to devour you. Well, who gives him permission? You know, it wouldn't be God, it's us. By uh, the way we live, whether we see, he's looking for doors. Remember, remember, he said uh, the devil said to God he's, about Job. He said, "Have you not made a hedge about him, about his house, and about all that he has?" That tells me something. The devil was inspecting to see if he could get in. He'd been checking it out. Is there a way I can get into Job's life? See, and so the devil he inspects our lives. To see if he can get in. Is there a door where he can get in? Yep. Amen. I'm not saying that you and I, you know, have to be perfect and that the blood doesn't cover some things. But here's the thing. The point is, is when you know something's wrong and you keep doing it, that's an open door. Yep. Right? Yep. Isn't that right? See, you know, uh, when you know to walk in love and you don't walk in love, how I many you know that's an open door? Right? When you know certain things, you shouldn't be doing them, and you do them, that's an open door. It's just an open door. Amen. So you have to, you have to close those doors and set those boundaries. See, the, 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 the devil's he, he's, he's seeking whom he may devour. He's your adversary. Your, he's arrayed against us. 
He's out to, he's out to devour us. But I want you to know, he can't just do it. Hallelujah. He, he's looking to see who he can devour, but he can't just devour everybody because some of us are keeping doors closed. Amen. Are you with me now? See, and, and this is what's frustrating sometimes is, is a minister is that you're trying to get people closed doors and then they won't close them. And then you, gotta, then, you, then, you, then you try to help them and they still won't close those doors. It gets frustrating because, you know, they're never going to get any better until they close the doors. Amen. You know, people get all kinds of things in their life because of open doors, you know. Uh, a lot of things, you know, I mean, we could talk about a lot of things. We, we, you know, that the worries, worries a sin. It is. If the Bible tells you not to do it, and you do it, is anybody guilty of that sin before? <laughs> a lot of things can be, uh, you know, can be, a, be, a, be an open door. Amen. Um, <laughs> eating too many cookies could be an open door. <laughs> it's a nice door. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, just in the natural, you know what I'm saying? Because people have physical problems, and sometimes, you know, they blame it on the devil, and, and it's because they open the door. Yeah. Right? right? You know, because they don't, they don't take care of themselves. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> amen. You know, I'm thinking about that. I don't, know, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm thinking about this. See, see God, God, get, God expects you to use wisdom. How many know that? Yeah. He expects, how many we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, not the removal of it, right? right. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm thinking about a missionary. This guy's a great guy. He was a great missionary. I'm not judging him. He's done more for God than I've ever done. And so, but he, but, but, but he died in a plane crash. And the reason he died in a plane crash was because he was flying during a storm, and his pilot told him, said, we can't land here. He said, we can't land here. Well, how I many know the pilot's the one that knows the score? And, and he told him, he said, and the pilot said, they, it was during a hurricane, man. And he's like, we can't, we can't, this pilot said, we can't land here. We're going to have to go somewhere else. I can't even see the runway. He says, I'll just put it down. I'll believe God. And he put it down and they crashed inside of a mountain. So, then, you know, now people look at that and they say, well, why did God allow that to happen? Well, God didn't allow that to happen. God gave you a pilot and somebody knows what they're doing. You should have listened to him. Yeah. Yeah. You overrode the checks of God. Amen. We know of another, I don't know him, but, but. We know known of him, you know, for years and years and years, and uh, you know, God will warn you about things. You better listen. How many know that? And you know, he was getting ready. He had a he had a you know ministry plane, and he was getting ready to take some people up for a joyride in his ministry plane. You know, they, you know, I didn't think they hadn't had it long, and they're going to go up for a joyride, and. <clears throat> You know, he comes to his wife, and his wife, she's pregnant, and he says, now, if I don't make it back, name the baby this. Well, how many know that's God telling you not to go up there if you're saying something like that? Don't take the... He went up there. They, they, they overloaded the plane, the too many people on it, and it, it crashed, killed him. Should be alive today. Should still be in the ministry today. Now, people will blame that on God, but that, God didn't do that. I said, God didn't do that. Amen. I like what Dr. Berkeley says. You know, he says, we fly and we don't die. But you know what he does? He keeps his plane maintained. 
The last time he took it in, he had to take it in. They have to do some inspections every now and then, and it's very costly. They told him, said, for this, this type plane, this age plane, it's the best plane we've ever seen. It's in the best shape. That's the way you got to do it if you want to live. You don't tempt the Lord your God. Amen. Right? See, you use wisdom that God gave you. How many know that? God gave you wisdom. And, and so when we override the laws of the kingdom of God, we, we, we really get ourselves in a place where, honestly, our authority is not going to work for us like it should. Amen. <laughs> All right. Praise the God. Amen. Praise God. Look, look at the, let's close. Let's go to John 14. Go there, John 14. John 14. Come on, did you get anything tonight? That's what, it's what Paul told the Ephesians. He said, neither give, give place to the devil. Don't, don't give the devil any place. Well, let me know, if, if, you can, if it says don't give him place, then you could give him place. So you have to make sure you're not doing anything to give him place. I'm, I'm walking in what I know. Amen. We've all missed it. Thank God for God's mercy. But let's, let's move on from that. Right? I've done things before in my life. And I'm not talking about sin necessarily. But I've just done things that I've kind of felt like I, I probably shouldn't be doing this. A premonition. You know how we say it, something inside. Well, that something inside is the Spirit of God. I probably shouldn't be doing this. Because the Spirit of God will warn you about things. You override that. You buck the authority of God. And nothing, it doesn't, you know, you can rebuke the devil all you want to. He's not going anywhere unless you're submitted to God. And I've had those times too where the Lord said, Nah, yeah, I just, I just fenced like the Lord didn't want me to do that. And I, I wanted to do it and I did it. And then I end up like Jonah, I have to pay the fare thereof. Amen. You know, I remember one time we went, well, I was so dead determined to go to this place on vacation. And Phyllis, remember this, this is like the 1980s. I was so determined I'm going to this place. I'd already made reservations and everything. And all week long before it, I kept having this coming up in my spirit, don't go to this place. Don't go to this place. And I'm like, you know, I'm still kind of young then. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, 19, in 1980, I'm still kind of young and dumb. And so I'm like, ah, you're not going to put fear in me, devil. I'm going, I'm going to have a good vacation, you know. And so, uh, you know, I remember one time being in the bathroom at home, and man, I, and, and I heard the Lord say, if you go there, there's going to be blood. And I thought, well, that's the devil, you know. But have me you know, God will warn you. Just because it, it's not always uplifting doesn't mean it's not God, right? And so, you know, I, I still... I still just disobeyed it, you know, and we got in the vehicle and went there and paid our money to stay at this place. And, you know, we're standing outside before we go in the office to, pay, to, to, to rent this place. This, it was like a log cabin, wasn't it, or a cabin or something out in the woods. Around a rustic cabin out in the woods, you know. I don't know what I was thinking. I wouldn't even consider a vacation now. I'm smarter than that. You little olders, I ain't going to the rustic cabin in the woods for vacation. I'm going to the five-star hotel, man. Well, they wait on you feed you lobster <laughs> I'm going to this stupid place out here where there's mosquitoes and bugs and cook burgers it's like this is stupid who thought of this but anyway I was young and, but anyway <laughs> we're standing outside and we're debating on whether we should go in or how many know it's time just to say don't do it it's not worth it 
But me, you have to know how hard-headed I could be back then. Back then, right, huh? <laughs> Let's put this in the past. Yes. yes. And uh, I could be pretty hard-headed. It's like, man, uh, you're not going to, you know, the devil's not going to scare me out of this, you know. And it was God, see, it was God. And so we get into that place. The Phyllis can tell you, I'm telling you, it was the eeriest feeling you ever felt in your life. It's just like the d demonic, like a horror movie. And so, you know, we still go to the store, buy all this stuff I'm going to cook, you know. It's like, you know, so I bring it back, put it in the fridge, you know. And I'm laying on the couch, you know, and it's dark. And Phyllis leans over me to close the blinds, and I heard... Uh, I don't, it wasn't audible, but it, 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 it was the voice of God. I heard it inside of me like it was audible. The Lord said, are you going to have to learn the hard way? I told Phyllis, I said, let's get out of here right now. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, I didn't get my money back either. I lost my money. And all that's because I didn't, I didn't submit to the authority of God. If I got something on the inside of me, something's not right, obey the promptings of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Right? Now, I could have rebuked the devil, all that. I don't know what would have happened. We got out of there, so we didn't find out. Thank God. I said, thank God. But if, if I'd have stayed, I couldn't have probably rebuked the devil and done any good because I'm out of the authority of God. God said, don't do it. And I did it. And so now, it, you know, it's, it's, it's on me. Oh, thank God for his mercy. He does have mercy. But I'm just simply saying we've got to learn to submit to God's authority. Amen? Look at John. Are you there? John 14, verse, uh, <clears throat> verse 30. This is Jesus. <clears throat> he said, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes, and he has nothing in me. I like that scripture. What does he mean? Well, Jesus said, you know, the prince of this world, of course, that's being the devil. He's coming, but there's no harvest here for him. There's nothing in my life that he can pick fruit from. That is so good. Well, he says, there's, he's coming, but there's nothing in me. He has nothing in me. That's the way we got to live our lives. There's nothing of the devil in my life. Amen? You know, I don't have anything in my life that belongs to him. When you live that way, he doesn't have any license to get in you. And to, and, and to, you know, like, like, like Peter said, he's seeking whom he may devour, but when he comes to you, you're one of them he may not devour. Right. Can't have me, devil. I ain't got anything of yours. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, John said it this way, and I like this. He said, Whoever is born of God can keep himself, and the wicked one touch him not. Isn't that something? See, we have to Satan-proof our houses, right? I mean, you have to Satan-proof your marriage. What does that mean? Well, you do the right things, right? Amen. Well, you talk to one another right. You do things honorable. You know, I says, where you been? Ah, oh, it's none of your business. Oh, yeah, that's her business. <laughs> you just open the door for the devil, you know. Amen. And, you know, 
How many know you're supposed to become one? Right? See, when Phyllis and I got married, whatever we had, it became, it, it, it wasn't my stuff and her stuff. It, it was our stuff. Now, I don't wear her clothes. And uh, she may wear mine occasionally. I don't know. But anyway, I don't wear hers. You know, I'd have to, you know, take hers up in a place or two to get them to fit. But anyway, that's a joke. <laughs> but anyway, you know, but all of our stuff, everything, what we did have, it became ours. We went to the bank and everything she had, everything I had, we put all, we put our name on it. This is ours. Amen. We're not, we're not going to this thing planning on failing. Amen. We're going to this thing. This is for life. Hallelujah. Next month will be 36 years, I think. Maybe more. But anyway, we're still doing it. Praise God. Right? You got to learn. You can't just open doors, you know what I'm saying, by your mouth and your actions. Right? Well, I'm just meeting somebody that I, I, I saw, an old friend, an old, an old, old, old female friend from high school. I, I, I met on Facebook. We're just going to meet and have coffee. No, no, no. Not unless you're taking your wife. That's an open door, right? Well, I'm strong enough. No, you're fool enough to get in trouble if you can do that, right? People do stuff like that. You know, it's like, well, you know, I mean, hey, I mean... I'll have lunch with this, you know, I, I, you know, this this woman. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You remember? I think it was our vice president uh, years ago, uh, uh, Mike Pence, that the media made fun of him because he wouldn't have lunch, a luncheon date with another woman unless his wife was there. They all made fun of him like he was strange. No, he's normal. You guys are weird. He's normal. That's called normal. That's called providing things honest. Amen. Right? So th- those are doors, the things that, that destroy your marriage. And, just, you, know, the, the, they, you know, they open doors that it's just not good. You don't want to go there. Amen. Amen. Keep, it, keep it right. Amen. I said keep it right. Amen. Right? I know the, the husband's the head of the house, but he's not the bully of the house. Archie Bunker's not the model husband. He was funny, but he wasn't the model husband. Amen. Neither was Ralph Cramden. Of course, Alice wasn't the model wife at times either, to be honest with you. Sometimes she caused just as much trouble as he did with the things she'd say. We have to understand all these things that we, when we get out from underneath the authority of God's Word... We, we lose authority. It no longer works for us. And people say, I don't understand. I confess that. I took authority. Nothing happened. Well, you have to go back and look. Is there an open door in your life? Or are you trying to drive something out without closing the door, without running something out and closing the door? I mean, it doesn't do any good to swat flies if the front door's open. They're just going to keep coming in. Same thing's true spiritually. Amen. Did you get something tonight? All right, just talking about the believer's authority. This is a little rich, a little strong tonight. Uh, but, you know, we do need to know that sometimes authority, it's real, but it won't work unless you're like the centurion said, you're a man under authority. Under authority. 
When you have that, you got something. Let's all stand up. Praise God for His Word. I said praise God for His Word. I, I hope I didn't bore you tonight. But, you know, we do need to know these things and understand, you know, that there is, there is, an, there is an avenue where the devil can get into our life. He'll, he'll take it if he can get into it, if, if there's an avenue. And he's just looking. He wants to devour. But thank God we can live our lives by our obedience and by the blood of Jesus to a place he can't touch us. Amen. And amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. There's no telling how many times, Father, we've made mistakes and we've missed it, and, but you've covered us with your blood. But if there's any areas in our lives tonight that's an open door <clears throat> where we're just not obeying the word and we know we should change, but we're just not doing it, uh, Lord, deal with us on that. Convict us, praise God, by the Holy Spirit's power. We know you don't condemn, but you reveal things and you shine light on things. Shine the light in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And the Lord, the Lord just brought this to my mind, so I'm going to say this to you before I pray for you. Sometimes the door that we open up, see, we, open, we can open doors through thoughts, words, and deeds. Sometimes it's because we're just allowing thoughts to remain in our mind that don't belong there. And they're not necessarily immoral thoughts, but they're just thoughts of defeat and discouragement. We all face it, but we have to learn. We can't allow those thoughts to dominate our life. We have to deal with them and cast them down. Hallelujah. Amen. Because if you don't, then the devil can get a stronghold. And that's why people take their lives. They think wrong thoughts, see. And they don't take authority over that. And they keep thinking that, you know. And uh, eventually the devil gets a stronghold. He gets a place in their life, and then he gets control. And that's when they get in trouble. So we don't want to do that, amen? Right. I said amen. <clears throat> now, Lord, thank you for bringing that to our minds, to our, to, our, to our understanding in Jesus' name. I bless the people as we go tonight. Thank you for Psalm 91, our psalm of protection in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.